0: Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast. It's a quarter of a century, 25. That'd be a good knock in the, uh, the average grade cricket game, I think, these days. But it's not. It's a podcast episode. Here we are. Ollie Ruse, unreal. Up and about with a 2-0 win over Argentina. The Matilda's got a win as well. We've got some uh, There's some other shit going on. There's some signings. There's a bit of lockdown stuff to talk about, being we're in Adelaide. But uh, let's kick it off with the Ollie Ruse. I reckon. Tommy's on the other end of the line here. What'd you make of that?
1: I can't believe what I've just seen. A little bit of a lockdown delight, man. That's fantastic. I didn't think we would be doing this pod um, with both of the both of the Olympic national teams getting up. So sick. That was fucking sick.
0: Yeah. No, I suspected the Matildas might win. We will come on to them in a bit. But the Olly Roos, I did not expect this given recent results. And given how much we love to just, take a dump on Graham Arnold, <laughs>
1: but... Uh, Any chance we up. get.
0: They got up. Big 2-0 win.
1: Yeah, probably all credit to Graham Arnold. Kudos, man. He's been um, he's been in this team up in the week, saying that they are going to shock the world. And boy, did they do that. Um, obviously aided by the red card. And... Yeah. Just... I mean, there's lots of moments in this match, but I thought up until the red card... Um, it almost felt like they were toying with us in a sense. They, it felt like every attack that they had, and they had plenty after we went one nil up, it felt like, oh, they were going to score. It was inevitable. Maybe they weren't pursuing it as hard as they could have in those early stages because they felt like they were going to get the goal anyway. And that yeah. then the red card completely destroyed them in that, spe- in that respect. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no. Um, overall, I thought it was a pretty average game of football. Mm-hmm. I don't think... I don't think we were particularly good either, not to dampen a 2-0 win, but led off by the red card. And I think overall, like there was that big passage, like you said, in, this, in the second half there where we, you know, just kind of sat and um, didn't really dominate the ball much given they had an ex, we had an extra man. Um, going forward a bit meh, defensively oh, kind of solid, I guess, but just an ov- overall a pretty just a game full of a lot of that shitty kind of players falling over or, you know, trying to get people booked and there were a lot of bookings in the end. The ref was a bit card happy, but overall, I thought the ref did a pretty good job. Um, he let a lot of things go physically in terms of fouls. And then the players got a bit carried away and there was some, a lot of probably deserving yellows, but then there was also other ones that weren't bookable and players were just falling and holding their, holding their wrong knee or something. And, Things like that. But... Yeah, there's,
1: there was a bit of that going on. I think I saw Azani untie his shoelaces at one point to try and steal the point to the referee. And I'm like, fuck, where have we gone with this, man?
0: Yeah, he went down uh, claiming that that, that, um,
1: that step on his foot or whatever and
0: just did a bit of a roll around. It was embarrassing.
1: Yeah, yeah. by the striker. What was it, Gachi or G- Gou- I was trying to look up some of their players I'm and sure. see where they had played prior. The, the lad that got sent off, that Ortega, he was a Real Madrid youth player. And now he's back playing in the Argentinian... Yeah, uh, Premier League Yeah, um, So there's a, um, there was a few guys with pedigree there And oh man, there was a few of them that were lighting it up Their footwork in the first 20-25 minutes they were, they were good to watch for a point there, yep. I thought, that Medina especially
0: Yeah, he was good A uh, couple in the middle of the park, not too bad Kind of on top of us a bit Given, I don't know we I really liked the look of our lineup on paper That midfield three of uh genre, Metcalf and Riley But I think they got outplayed a little in patches and yeah.
1: They got bullied a bit. I thought it looked a little bit disjointed. Riley was very forward, which I think would have worked a lot better if we could have held the ball. Yeah. He's a weapon like that and it works. It, it really does. It allows their, it it pushes their defense back, I should say. Yeah. And that allows us to get up the pitch a little bit further. And he does that so well. There's a lot of gut-busting runs, even when it was 11 v 11, in behind their fullbacks after they pushed up. And it just gives them something to think about, him breaking between the lines like that. Um, yeah, but sure. it was disjointed, I thought, between jean Rowe and Metcalf, and it didn't really improve when Backus came on in there either. I don't know that Arnold knows how to use that midfield three. It looks really good on paper, and it looks really yeah. straightforward how these three would combine, but it doesn't look like it's working at the moment. Yeah, I'm not... Um... I'm not completely sold
0: on Keanu Backus either, but no, uh, neither. The, the other really. three, I'm pretty happy with. I just need to see how it's going to work. Just obviously, the concern is, like it always is, um, the team always seems to be lacking a certain style or direction under Arnold. Yeah, Here we are whinging about him again. <laughs> We're going to be, win, but you know, <laughs> just thinking that, and we, you know, <laughs> we, we do have to credit him for this win. But, yeah, the, the signs are still there of being a bit, um, like you said, disjointed and a bit unsure of what's going on. Definitely. But I don't think these we're guys being... played together in there
1: much. No, no. We're being, we're being really ultra-critical. And I think we can be, after winning as we did, um, we were pretty much gifted it in a sense with that red card because it did allow us to defend yeah. um, with a lot more caution than what we would have yep. needed to if it was 11 v 11. Um, so I'm like, I'm stoked with the win. It almost feels like a gimme, despite the fact we scored first. Yeah. Um, but more more or less, uh, I thought defensively we were great. That Sutar and Deng partnership looked awesome.
0: Yeah. I really like that. Really really excited to to see Tommy Deng in this side. Um, hell yeah. Next to Harry Harry Sutar, that's a, I was pretty happy with the back four overall, to be honest.
1: Yeah. The fullbacks were great. Twins, right? We had, um,
0: we had, um, (laughs) A loyal follower of the show, Daz, messaged on the Facebook page, um, said that we can still complain about Arnold because going forward, you know, he's still going to stick by Grant at right back when <laughs> a- Atkinson, over the past six months, has become Australia's best fullback. What do you make of that about Atkinson?
1: That's a great shout. He had, he played a lot of minutes in the Man City um, title winning um, team. And I think Melbourne, when you're, that's what maybe. You- Oh, Melbourne City, sorry. Yeah. And when you're comparing them with Sydney, obviously he's outperforming him in that same position. So, yeah. And he showed that tonight. He was wicked and working in yeah, the 95th minute as well. Yeah. I thought he was carrying a knock for most of the game, too. Went down early on, maybe after about 20 minutes.
0: He got a. Didn't got look a completely
1: few, right. He got crunched a few times. There was he a did. couple of times he I was got, on the receiver. Uh,
0: there was one real bad over the top of the ball kind of thing, high up on the leg. Um, Joel King as well on the other side at left back, pretty much the his touch and then cross for the first goal. Excellent.
1: Brilliant. Yeah, exactly what you want. Just really composed, whips in a, a delicious ball in between the defenders and the keeper. And it causes that kind of chaos. You know, are we going to pay credit to Mitch Duke's uh, incredible oh, fake shots? Opening up oh. the space. <sighs> Oh, oh, dude! God. Isn't Andy Harper like fucking herpes? You think you think he's gone, well, and then there he is. We have we have two mo-
0: two moments of uh, Andy Harper and Speedy nonsense that I want to talk <laughs> about tonight. That was one of them. Talk picking it up as a dummy by Mitch Duke. Interestingly, on uh, looking on live score at the moment, it is down as an assist for Mitchell Duke, which is absolute robbery. To oh, Joel
1: King. reaching <laughs> absolute oh, fucking
0: hell, like man. absolute robbery for Joel King. Uh, The other one is uh, there was controversy about this in the group chats. Um, The Riley McGree, Lockie Wales two-on-one. Oh, no, no, of course. And um, I was a little annoyed that the commentators put the sole blame on Riley McGree, but people tended to agree, which I thought was weird. Um, So they get through two-on-one, obviously, and Riley McGree, instead of shooting, decides to pass it. And it's not a good pass. No, no. No one's denying that. It's not a good pass. But, but Lockie Wales still has the simple job of just tapping it into an open net, and he doesn't. He stops it, takes a he touch, really, tries to get yeah. around the keeper. I don't understand. So but it's four for then, both when of them, but yeah.
1: Why we even then, when he's around rally? the keeper, he needs to, if he just plays it on the, on the deck, it goes in. I yeah. don't, he's not looking at the goalkeeper at all. He's just like fully intently focused on the ball and just lashes at it. Yeah, uh, if Riley if Riley wants to play the pass, he has to play it in like his first stride when he collects the ball. He just takes yeah. too many touches, and then he's too close to the keeper to open an angle for a shot. Does, and then he does he's... one of those
0: weird kind of half-assed outside of the left foot passes that kind of goes yeah. behind Wales. But like I, I went back and rewound it and paused it at the moment the ball gets to Wales, and like he's <laughs> got the whole goal pretty much. He just, just has to <laughs> knock it the keeper and. The keeper and the defender are well in front of him. He just has to knock it. But yeah, poor from both. I was just upset that they, the commentators,
1: seemed to blame. The blame.
0: They blamed Riley and then said it was a, an outstanding save to deny Wales, which, yeah, it might have been. It. it was a good save, but Wales, Wales has to do better.
1: So he missed yeah. another sitter Le- as
0: well in that game.
1: He did. I was going to say less of a save, more of the keeper just having a ball struck straight at him point blank. So yeah, but he missed that offside chance as well. Um, yeah, he's not a regular goal scorer. I went and looked no, up. No, he's not. I was really surprised. I really, I was really surprised he started this game. There was a lot of comments. And he was in- uh,
0: Yeah, a lot of negativity about his selection online.
1: Yeah, there was obviously that good A League memes thing that they shared as well about that yeah. guy. I'm not watching any Australian side. <laughs> That's lucky why I was in it. <laughs> there was, he was getting he the was old uh
0: um, He was getting the old Wales couldn't score in a brothel that type of shit. <laughs>
1: But uh, there were some great like, Wales-related memes, actually. Yeah. Uh, did you see the one of Peacock saying one about um, <laughs> Wales' namesake getting one back on Japanese territory? I was
0: like, yeah.
1: "Oh, that's pretty." Funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, very enviro political.
0: There was another selection. There was a there was a bit of hype about Daniel Azani going into this game, and I have to admit, I was pretty excited to be a, to see a um fit daniel arzani get out there and in the first uh the first minute or two he drove into the box took on a few defenders looked really sharp probably could have got a shot away and didn't and then i thought here we go this guy's going to be on and then i thought he had an absolute stinker
1: i also bought into the hype i was really excited i thought here we go it's the second coming of daniel arzani yeah and he had that one really good moment in the second half early on where he did that same thing. Beat two players. Cuts inside. Forces a keeper into a good save. Yeah. Uh, but more generally, his passes were off. His runs weren't great. He wasn't finding players when he was advancing with the ball into their half. Just not a lot of creativity or ingenuity anywhere. Lots of turnovers. He was lots of turn. He was our worst on. I would say yes. Yeah,
0: comfortably, comfortably I do agree. worst on. He um. Ugh. The front three, to be honest, all three of them, not the greatest night out. But I was only kept doing that thing that we kind of, uh, we criticize Goodwin for sometimes where he slows it down, gets the ball and slows it down. Yeah. When his like key attribute is getting the ball at pace and taking on defenders, running at them quickly. So
1: I don't yeah, know. Yeah, making them shift their bodies left and right, so, you know, constantly yeah. changing the angle in which they're trying to defend him. That's why he's so good.
0: Yeah. Well that's that's probably um, enough criticism to be honest to this team. We probably we can talk yeah, why about why are we uh, doing this? <laughs> well, let's we talk just can't about be the, happy, can we? <laughs> let's talk about the second goal because that's definitely made me happy. Michael's a player off the
1: bench. Second touch, genius move by Graham Arnold again.
0: Yeah, it was always an obvious it was an obvious substitution. Whether for when you can Osani make five, one Wales. of is gonna come off. Yeah, no, Come on, let's give the he only made four as well, so let's <laughs> let's give him the credit. Um. Yeah. Absolute cracker. I'm glad we got this guy.
1: Yeah. This is, he should start next. Um. Oh no. We're playing Spain. Hey. So he probably won't change anything. Um. But I would really like to see him start a game. He was excellent. Uh. He did he play for City this season? He was really good.
0: Um. Not sure. I get this. He, um,
1: I always get the sky blue teams confused.
0: Yeah. I know. He. Um. I haven't seen anything of him really till recently, and pretty impressed. So. I would probably be looking at starting him over Lockie Wales. I'd be mm-hmm. more tempted to yeah. give Arzani another go than Wales because I think Arzani has it in his locker. Like, he's not a bad player. He had a bad night. Um, Lockie Wales, he's not a bad player either, but you know what you're going to get. And it's not high quality. It's work rate and, uh, you know, a bit of run down the wing.
1: Yeah, it it's probably going to be of benefit, Uh, to us against Spain. So I'm predicting an unchanged lineup. Um, He might even go out and instruct a bunch of them to get yellow cards. So that if, you know, if we get a result against Spain, then we can let a few of the boys sit them out against Egypt and then walk our way on through to the next stage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Remember when the other week when we took the piss about this group saying Argentina and Spain wouldn't give a shit about us. Maybe it's true. Huge we're fucking soothsayers. They yeah, didn't massive, care that man. much that they let us win two 0 <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you see some of their faces post whistle? They were genuinely looking around in disbelief. Thinking, "Oh my yeah. god, what, and this is not up what we about. thought two hours ago." Our yeah, boys were they, up and about they were. In the set. it.
0: Yeah, there was a big roar in the empty Sapporo Dome.
1: Huge. <laughs> heard that name butchered a few times during the broadcast. God, Australians is so (laughs) bad at pronouncing things. And of course, I'm a victim of it too. Uh, That was a great game. That was great to watch. Um, Shout out to Oli Ruse. How do you think we get through now? It's a good start. Spain drew Uh, as well.
0: I'd like to think so. I think we get at least a point from the next two games. You know, I I don't... uh, It's It's hard to say, having not seen a lot of the other squads, it's really hard to know... At this level of football, how the results go, um, like we saw, France got battered by Mexico, which I wouldn't have thought would be a a thing at under twenty-three. A, a, but here we are. Yeah, so, usual scoreline. Yeah, so that knows? comes
1: down probably the biggest the biggest thing I want to praise Arnold for is that he has definitely instilled a belief and like a, a group spirit. Like you said, they were up and about post game. Yeah, um, and they really did fight for each other throughout the game. Tom Thomas Dengs, um his intimidation tactics um, off the ball and just a lot of his calming influence amongst his own team, getting in there and diffusing some, there was, you know, there was a lot of moments there where situations could have inflamed. We could have had a guy sent off really easily. Like I, I'm surprised we didn't have someone sent off. And so there's definitely a hierarchy within the group and there's leaders. And maybe that's what Graham Arnold has selected a few of these players for. Maybe he knows this is a tournament uh, that's that's what's more required than something else, than, you know, maybe just raw ability or whatever else. Yeah, for sure. Um, What are you giggling at? (laughs) A
0: (laughs) meme has just popped up on my phone that I can't share out loud on here. But I definitely agree. (laughs) I agree on the Graham Arnold thing. Uh, For all his tactical downfallings, I guess, uh, he is that sort of coach, I guess, that can uh, instill confidence, instill a type of uh, a, a kind of a passion, I guess, to win, a de- determination to win. Um, I was just going to go through some of the other, like looking at mainly just Brazil. I wanted to touch on this on here, but we've made a big deal about the, oh, sorry, just first as well. The um, the fact that this Oli squad is mostly A-League based is really good. Like we know it's a the A League is an easy league to piss on for watchers of European football, but for those of us that do follow it and follow it closely, um, that was I really enjoyed seeing those guys out in the park and getting in the win.
1: Yeah, it's good vindication for the league for sure. Like they it's yeah, like you said, it's pretty much an entirely A League comprised team. Yeah, and it was two A League guys on the score sheet tonight. You know, a manager that made his name, you know, in the modern football sense in the A League it's great it's a great reflection on the national product and it's exactly why it started 15 years ago for this shit yep
0: we um there were some discussions going on online that was involved in during this game people were talking about um you know will we ever produce another generation like your kules and vadukas um i was just going to ask you how important you think this next era of the league is with the new TV deal and the new, I guess the clubs are running the competition. I don't know if that frees up the governing body more to do to focus on other areas of um like the grassroots side of the game in Australia or something like that. I don't know.
1: Precisely. No, that's exactly my thought. Is now it frees up the governing body to bring in the rest of the football community. Well, now we need to engage the, you know, the old NSL clubs that have stuck around in their MPL leagues and are vibrant, really important. You know, jigsaw pieces in the overall product. You yeah. know, these guys, your Vardukos and your kills they were made by Marconi Melbourne. Uh, Was it Melbourne Knights? You know, these these are the teams that made the Golden Generation, and we would be fools to just continually continually exclude these guys from the conversation. They are, I think, this is the missing piece for the next Golden Generation. Yeah, 100 agree. No, nice, yeah. we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah,
0: we're on the same page. I wasn't sure. I just thought I'd ask the question because. um, I feel like you're well. You're more around the sort of um, off-field stuff a bit better than I am a lot of the time. So I just thought I'd ask the question. But um,
1: no, no, you guys are bang on. I think, and this is good. I mean, if this is what the general perception is amongst all the football fans, you know, the new franchise football fans and the older, more uh, you know, ethnic-based community-tied sides, yep. this is great. We need a coming together. I think the FFA Cup being live and free on Channel 10 is going to change the game because now you're going to see NPL sides playing, professional sides, and you're going to see these really raw, authentic images on mainstream television. It's going to be great. This will be the selling point of the new A-League. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. Excellent. Um, We get across...
0: We can talk about the Matildas, but just before that, I just wanted to make a note of this, uh, the Brazil squad, because we... Have had a bit of rage on here about our use of the overage spots, um, notably Mitch Duke, and <laughs> notably, rightfully so, like, he
1: butchered that chance right
0: at the end of the game. You know, we're talking about uh, teams not being able to get players supposedly, but New Zealand are rocking up with Chris Wood scored yeah. tonight, and Casually. Brazil. I think he is still under twenty three though, but Rochalison with a, uh, a thirty minute hat trick tonight. Against Germany.
1: Against Germany of all sides who have a good under 23 side.
0: Uh, Richarlison as well, who just played in the Copa America too. So back to back tournament. Doesn't not want to break. To an off season for him.
1: Doesn't, uh, another, doesn't want to break.
0: Just another player that can thank the Night Shift Football podcast for their shit talking him, <laughs> slandering him online. And um, uh,
1: we've slandered him into form. <laughs>
0: and he comes out in his Brazil shirt and does wonders. But there you go. They also. I thought this was interesting. They are uh, the Brazil side also has midfielder Douglas Luiz. They also mm-hmm. have center back Diego Carlos, very highly rated uh, defender mm. from Sevilla. Mm-hmm. And a 38-year-old Danny Alves from Sao Paulo. What?
1: Why? What? or maybe for that leadership thing we're talking about?
0: I guess so. Yeah. I well, or, or a my tank. thought was my thought was <laughs> imagine having that sort of like experience and leadership in your under twenty three camp, like it would be unreal. Yeah, as a player too, not just like a coach. Like as a player out there with the boys,
1: unreal. Thirty eight yeah, training playing. I just, just want the medal. It, it kind of made yeah. That's his individual ambition for sure. Man that's just a wants selfish a trophy. Reason. Give the man a trophy. <laughs> just wants trophies. Come on, does he not have? Does he not have enough?
0: Apparently not. Selfish, if you that's ask me. Olympic. Now that I think about it, selfish.
1: Uh, It's another old person taking another young person's job. What do you know? (laughs) On that note, we'll switch it across to the Matildas before you get carried away. (laughs) I think I'm already gone.
0: (laughs) They did what the Olly Roos couldn't last week and beat New Zealand, Uh, albeit, I guess, uh, we're at risk of being very critical again, but another... (laughs)
1: who wins and all we're going Australia, to do is
0: complain. <laughs> Matilda's got to win and the Oli Roo's got to win. And all we can do is find things to complain about. But in all seriousness, this was a game that the Matildas looked like they should have won probably like 84 nil, but no, they <laughs> should won 2 have been 2-1. American Samoa. I mean, three points is three points, but uh, yeah, it should have been an American Samoa. Like uh Sam Kerr should have got 13 and Kai Simon should have got mm. six or something like that. But, we'll yeah. settle for the three
1: points two one we're on the way we're on our way that's all the headlines where you know the matildas kick off their campaign with and it's like yeah, okay that's a very business headline nothing really to crow about other than sam Kerr breaking a, a personal duck for the matildas and breaking open the game scoring once assisting she's the excellent. other one she's going to be everything for us this tournament yeah, we, and um, she looks like she's stepping up
0: we have uh We've praised her plenty on here. I don't know about the. Uh, she's wearing number two at the moment as a striker, and that just gives me real Sunday League vibes. But um, she is what is with master. that? Why? I don't know. What is she was Um, someone's probably got her number. Who her number was? Uh, what was her number before that? I
1: How don't know. she just been twenty. Wearing...
0: Mm, maybe I saw a thing last week about someone else still her a number, but whatever. She's wearing number two. She scored. She's an absolute superstar, and I think. She is. Yeah, like the way we talked. Sorry, go
1: on. You know who stole her number?
0: Oh, I it was. Was it Charlie Grant?
1: It was Charlie Grant that stole Charlie her Grant number. Charlie Grant stole her number,
0: wasn't it? I did remember saying something, and I just couldn't remember the player, so I didn't say it. But then when you <laughs> asked me, I assumed it would be Charlie Grant because, uh, yeah. There you go, fan um, club. I don't. Um. Yeah, the way we talk about Jamie McLaren being like he should be like the face of football in this country, like that we should get behind because he's like. Plays locally. He's the Australian number nine. He had an unreal domestic season. Um, Sam Kerr, same thing. Like she's now, She is an international superstar. Why yeah. is no face everywhere? Why aren't we seeing her on buses and things?
1: It's so true. Uh, that's She's out of Jamie McLaren's league. She's in a way better stratosphere than he is at the moment. She's playing in the Champions League. She won the league in England. Yep. Like. <laughs> Yep. Sam Kerr is the biggest thing Australia's produced since Harry Kewell, without a I shadow to, of a doubt.
0: I said to uh, Maddie tonight, that's uh, my partner, by the way, for those listening. I said uh, that she's Sam Kerr is oh, did the biggest. hear all the hearts break? Yeah, I heard them all. <laughs> she is probably the the biggest star in Australian sport at the moment. Sam Kerr.
1: It looks like she's being positioned alongside Ash Barty. And I think we've got a swimming Sorry, world number I one. I
0: shouldn't have I shouldn't have forgot Ash Barty, but yeah.
1: I think there's there's those three women we're really holding up as like the faces of it. Definitely in the broadcast and the advertising on channel seven, there's been a lot of it. But outside of that, there's still not a lot of chat about the Matildas, no. um, you know, just amongst the general public and amongst even yeah. football f- uh, friends and stuff like that. So yeah. You're right. There is definitely work to go. Um She's, you know, the Matilda should have been front page of the paper with that win, but I guess we're all dealing with bigger, graver issues right now.
0: In Adelaide, for sure, we are. Um, I don't know. Did you watch much of this game? Like, do you agree? Like, from what I I said, we should have have won this by a lot more. Pretty sloppy performance overall.
1: I wonder if we're discrediting the New Zealand performance. I get the impression they were playing their grand final, they are playing their absolute... This was the game they were really G'd up for. You think so? I think some... Yeah, I think they just compressed the space well, and it did... Um, it gave us not an excuse, but gave us a reason to be sloppy in our transition. I think you they know, was, they stuck to their frantic. task quite well. Yeah, they were always up in our shit. There was always three players, more yeah. than there should be around the ball. Um, yeah, no, that's so, fair. Yeah,
0: uh, I just thought we, created, I just wonder- we still created lots of openings and chances where...
1: Yeah, we did. A a little bit more
0: quality would have buried that game.
1: Definitely. Maybe they're just a little bit sloppy. Might be uh, warming their way into this tournament.
0: Yeah, maybe. Um, Another talking point was uh, we've seen there's been a bit of a big deal, more of a, there's been more of a deal about, the matildas standing there with the indigenous flag before the game then the matildas actually playing at the olympics and winning a game which i find interesting um stands to australian
1: racist yeah, baiting
0: do you have anything you wanted to add about that it's uh, i think
1: sam Kerr. play nice as well while, yeah of course no i'm on i'm totally in support of the matildas doing However they want to um, Show their solidarity with fighting racial injustice, however they want to do it. Sam Kerr said in her post-game interview, they wanted to put their own authentic cultural spin on it. To go they didn't want the to take grain. the knee. Yeah, they wanted to go against the grain. Yeah. And so they they brought it home and they represented the indigenous flag. We've got, we've got two indigenous players in the starting eleven, um, so it's obviously an issue that is relevant and close to home. Yeah. And I thought it was. Like they can do whatever they want to do. If they want to, yep. it's what's the issue now? Like, you know, yeah, 20 no, years I'm, ago when Kathy Freeman won gold and she draped the Indigenous flag across her back, and you know, there was never yep. an issue. That was like a good thing. That was a really empowering, unifying moment. Yeah. But now when we do it 20 years later, it's a divisive moment. It's not,
0: yeah, no, I feel we're the in a same. weird place. Um, all I really have to say on it is that because I know people, people, it's that like, what about me kind of thing people do tend to feel that like it's excluding others but you know they're playing under the name they're literally the literally the australian football team they've got the australian coat of arms they're wearing australian kits that say australia on it everything about this is australia they play the australian national anthem um does it hurt having the indigenous flag no so i don't see don't see the issue at all um the other point i know a lot of people make all the time is about the you know bringing bringing politics into sport and bringing politics to the olympics and it's a point that i i understand why people say that and i understand where they're coming from and to a point i do agree that it is a shame i would like rather not see politics in football but unfortunately that is the world now because um You know, clearly, as we saw with the like incidents, like in the Euro final with Saka and Rashford and all the racial abuse. uh, Lewis Hamilton on the weekend in the Formula One was subject to racial abuse. The people that are doing this racial abusing are the ones bringing it into the sport. It's not the people standing up against it; it's the ones that are bringing it. So, if people stop bringing it, then players won't need to be taking knees and making stands during games.
1: No, I wholeheartedly agree. It's the, you know, people that want to keep politics out of sport. Well, as soon as sport was corporatized, the politics was inevitably going to follow. Like you can't, you got to, once you take the money out of the sport, then the politics goes from it because that's where the politics stems from. I do see that point of view, but yeah. It's, it's almost a pushback in the stands when these people boo, you know, um, players taking the knee because they feel, and I've heard people say this, they feel like these issues are being thrust upon them, that whether or not you agree, disagree with, you know, these issues are obviously prevalent in the world and everyone should know about them. I agree with that. But, you know, it's the corporatization of sport who do hitch their wagon to these social justice causes to like, you know, soften their brand and make them brand, be more yep. appealing. It's a very, it's just a really murky web of, money making (laughs) yeah for sure it's what i think it comes down to and it just you know stoking the racial um flames of fire makes money for some reason like we just saw that katie hopkins bitch get kicked out of celebrity big brother before she even stepped foot in the house so yeah sky news exists like there's there's a reason (laughs)
0: yeah there's a reason it happens um it exists we just have to live with it it's in the world at the end of the day that all generally all of that stuff goes away for the 90 minutes that the game is played. And so we can, still, we can still enjoy our football. So yeah, might just leave that there.
1: Yeah. I think the fact that a game is played, even after all of this stuff that we are concerned with is an achievement. Yep.
0: There you go. Um, I don't know if you noticed the other result in now, cause the Matilda is obviously a strong group. Not so much New Zealand, but uh the USA and Sweden in there. Tough group. Big teams. Good result. <laughs> Sweden beat the US 3-0,
1: which I did not it, see coming at all. Thumping. Absolute a thumping. Thumping. You don't have anything to add on it? <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't watch it. Uh, no, I just either. saw the result and thought. I don't thought, have anything to add
0: either, but, but yeah, it was that's an interesting spicy. result and uh puts us. second in the group. Is it a goal difference? I'm not sure. But either way, we've got to win. Sweden's got to win. So I think both sides are in a good position to be progressing.
1: Same. I think um, it kind of concerns me a little bit more. I think I would have preferred the US to win because we've generally got the US's measure, especially in recent contests. But now they're really scrapping and fighting. One, they want to overturn the record against us. And two, now they're literally playing for their lives against us. So yeah. that gives them extra motivation. And then if Sweden are actually in good nick and they've rocked up to this tournament a really complete footballing side, you know, they could also stun us. So Yeah. Well that actually makes me more nervous this result than anything.
0: Yeah, that was my thoughts was it was probably easier for like it would be it would have been easier for USA to just be super good like always, beat yeah. all three of us and then we just do what
1: we need to to go
0: through in second, but Nah, mm. it's what it is.
1: Yeah, it really opens the group up. It makes it just, you know, captivating viewing from here in. So, yeah. Go the Tillies, go the Ollie Roos. What a fucking great start. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who would um, have anything had else that? On the, anything else on the Matildas or the Ollie Ro- Oh, sorry. I do have one other thing. Um, Hit it. We're going to whinge about the media again, but. A minor issue but you know (laughs) the Australian notes minutes I know it's not the Australian national team it's the under 23s they're playing on the world stage on it's broadcast on seven mate because on on the main channel seven station there's an hour and a half of home and away followed by some sort of Followed by an AFL talk show with bloody Mick Malloy. Like, what are we And doing? Sam Payne, the on. fucking
1: turncoat. Sam Payne. Yeah, he should be Sam,
0: talking football, Sam.
1: What are you doing? Yeah. He sold us out. Um, bloody sold Santo out. was on there the other week as well.
0: Yeah? Oh, get them all back together. Get them out. Roll them out for the Ollie Roos and the Matildas. Santo, Sam and Ed. We want them back.
1: We need another World Cup special. An Olympic special.
0: But yeah, I was just a little annoyed that the Ollie Roos were playing second fiddle to
1: the front bar
0: an AFL talk show with Mick Malloy. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. I wonder what the um, ratings were. It would be interesting considering we won as well. We might get a bump up.
0: Uh, I'd say the front bar probably beat us.
1: But Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, The Matildas, though, did command the um, the main channel, which is nice.
0: Yes, they did. They did. That was good. Only because the front bar wasn't on.
1: <laughs> it was Wednesday. No footy teams were out yet. Well, it's
0: interesting. I think tomorrow, like, because tomorrow the obviously there's AFL on. I haven't checked it, but I know that the AFL is being broadcast on Channel Seven. So I'm assuming the Olympics opening ceremony will be pushed to seven eight or seven two or something like that. But you know, these are picky Just, things that we're getting we're getting picky. These are about, picky but, things. But seven
1: yeah. seven have really pushed their online platforms. So I think they're gonna. What they're trying to get people to do is associate the Olympics with their, uh, with their seven player or whatever it is. Yeah, they they're going to have forty six concurrent streams. Like, come on, this yeah, is. I wonder how well they'll all work. We'll see how it
0: goes. I'm actually kind of yeah. excited to see it because my biggest gripe with the Olympics in the past is the amount of shitty athletics and swimming you got to watch. Like, yes, I don't care you how much this want. guy throws a stick or how quick this guy runs four hundred meters. Like, it's cool. <laughs> they're athletic. I get it. They're great. I don't need to watch 16 heats of a hundred meter butterfly. Like give it a spell. Like, come on. We don't need it. We don't need it. All right. So oh, we'll see we got how that, there. Yeah. If there's 40 odd channels, we'll be able to watch like maybe some different stuff. You'll be able to tune into yeah. what you wanna what you want to see. You won't just be you won't just be picking up the scraps of it when they can fit it in between a
1: 100 meter sprint heat four or something. I don't know. I'm really into that skeet shooting stuff. You know that where they shoot the clay discs. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Shoot it. Yeah. Quality oh. stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Because generally,
0: there's an Aussie guy that's really good at that. Don't know his name, but there you go. Probably can. Have, have we got anything else you want to talk about <laughs> Olympics or football in general? Here so we can uh, <laughs> we can move away to some international stuff.
1: We'll go into international stuff, but Tamika Yallop's goal was really good as well. And we haven't mentioned that. Yes. Yeah no, great. Um, Was of the finish?
0: Yeah, Sam Kerr the header. Oh,
1: bang! Yeah, perfect, picture perfect. Yeah. Great run, frees herself up. You know she's a level above everyone else
0: out there. we'll, uh, we'll shift it across slightly into the international realm a bit, but just kind of keeping within Australia because we're on some Ange watch. I know we like keeping tabs of Ange. We're not keeping taps. Tabs on him just because he's at Celtic, but just because he's and. and uh, <laughs> kind of ties in well, though. Yeah, tough job he's got. And uh, they had their first <sighs> Champions League qualifier this week going in in the very early rounds. Like, they have barely had a break, these players, and they're back at it. Uh, let down by a near bit on Red early in the first half. But Celtic drew one all with Midtjylland. And... Uh, yeah, tough work to do away from home for Ange
1: next week. Yep, a Werma bills Um, I, th- I saw a lot of comments post this game of Celtic fans quite pleased with what they saw, given yeah. that maybe they were playing with twenty five percent of the squad. I think I've read some people say very uh, light on numbers right now.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of rotation happening. Um, oh, I was. It was pretty. Close to it, it was kind of close to a full squad. Bit of a maybe a 60 40 split. Um okay. with a few, you know, I don't know. A wee mobile did come on in this game. Um there you go. Got some minutes, got back. 20 minutes at the end. Um <clears throat> didn't score, but yeah, one all draw. Uh so either way, and Aussie is going through to the next round in that one, whether it be True. Mobile or whether it be and.
1: Good shout. I think it's a pretty good result given everything. Midland played um, group stages of the Champions League last season, so that's yeah. Come on,
0: and then probably the only other one, the only other that you know, these Champions League fixtures start pretty early with a lot of really unknown teams getting around. Um, but interestingly, uh, Red Star Belgrade having to play this early in the competition as well, um, they lost. They lost their first leg in uh in turkey no not in turkey i don't know where that is against karat almati i don't know where they're from at the almati central stadium but yeah red star obviously a huge (laughs) huge club a former champions league winner and um beat liverpool famously a couple of seasons ago in the champions league i think liverpool's champions league winning season they lost to zvezda in the group stage uh, and is Milos Degenek still there?
1: He's not still there, but that's when he was exactly. playing there. Yeah,
0: so there you go. That's that.
1: Champions League football, cool. We're already <laughs> playing Champions League.
0: Great. Right? Yeah, it's crazy. The football never ends. It that's never ends, last man. It never it ends.
1: Fucking, it literally never ends. It's good for us.
0: <laughs> it's good for us. We still got something to talk about.
1: Um, what we're going to talk about? We are about, about next? to dive in. We're going to dive into my favorite topic and that's baseless transfer rumors.
0: You love this shit, don't you?
1: I really do. I just love the speculation and like the potentials and the, is he going to, is he not going to? It's At like, um, like, it's like, it's like a, yeah, it's like a soap opera. That's what it is. It's yeah. the drama of it. Home and it's, away. It's Harland. Fucking precisely. That's what they should do. They should just make like a transfer rumor wind uh, transfer window rumors show. For half an hour every night I just want to sit here and dream about Harlem playing like, for Leeds Played out by actors pretending to be those players Like just wearing their shirts or something yes. So it's just some, yes. just so some you can blonde distinguish guy them.
0: with a, a Harlem shirt on <laughs> And he's a it terrible actor like him. And they fake cry yeah. all the time And there's always some freak There's always some sort of freak storm Or something that comes through once a year And kills a person yeah. And a character does there's a car crash
1: yeah, And a character <laughs> leaves uh, Anyway, yeah. what have you got for then- me in terms of signings? Oh, man. Someone has a miscarriage at a wedding. No, anyway. Um, I thought the biggest, biggest, most interesting one for me was uh, Olivier Giroud going to Milan for only a million euro. So these aren't rumors. These are confirmed ones so far. Oh,
0: This is confirmed. Yes,
1: huge. I was pretty happy with this signing. Um, Handy Giroud's great. I think he'll do great there, to be honest. It sort of looks like um, the kind of team and you know style of football and division that will suit him. So yeah. he could score a fucking ton, an absolute ton. Yeah, um, I think I'll, so. rattle f- I'll rattle. I'll rattle through um, I'll rattle through a few. We'll skip PSG for now because we we'll get to them. Sure. Um, but Rodrigo De Paul, who was heavily linked with Leeds for a long time, there ended up shifting to Atletico Madrid from Udinese for thirty-five million euro. Yeah, that's one so Have to you watch. seen much of this guy? Yeah, I have because he was, yeah. uh, you know, so heavily linked with Leeds all the time. I was watching okay. a bit of him. Good player.
0: Yeah, no, I, I watched uh, Udinese had a lot of those early Sunday night games, and we all know how much I love watching Italian football. So I saw a lot of this guy. He's an absolute star, and he'll be great for them. Great pickup.
1: Yeah, this is his. Yeah, this is going to be a really good addition to Atletico's side, and it's yep. it's only going to you know strengthen them in what is going to be a title defense season. Yeah, for sure. Um, another, big, another big one for Milan was Sandro Tonali finally sealing the deal. Only 15 million, perhaps rising to 18 million. Um, this is probably the signing of the decade, I think. Sandro Tonali. They're Tenali. calling him the next Perlo. Yeah, they're calling him the next Perlo. Where, who has
0: he signed for? I've missed this. Milan.
1: He signed, signed for Milan. Milan.
0: Yeah. You're not already at Milan? No, he was at Brescia. He played for Milan this season. Did he, have he might have been on loan he on at Milan?
1: perhaps and now they've uh, signed I'm him sure. properly? They might've,
0: they might've made the deal. Yeah, they did. They made it permanent. He played, cause I was uh, going to say this guy, he played a lot for Milan this season.
1: Okay. Sorry. Hang on. I've got the deal here. It was 10 million euro for the initial loan, then 15 million plus 10 million add-ons when Milan opted to sign him permanently. So there you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I've watched this guy play a lot. Saw lots of Milan's games this season. Um, he was a walk-up starter in my FIFA career mode. <laughs> he's a gun for, a- for ages now. Brilliant. Yeah, very. Um, he was always going to be made permanent. This guy, Formula, he's too good to stay at Brescia. Brescia. Um, Brescia. Yeah, and a lot of not just Milan fans, but Italian fan, football fans in general, very excited about this guy in the future. Only 21 years of age at the moment, and just looks so good still.
1: Yeah. Already, potential I say, still. is. Yeah. Well, whatever. Whatever. Grammar freak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably that. And then just to touch on maybe Upa Meccano signing for Bayern. I think we have already spoken about him. Hey.
0: Yeah, that was a one of those. was that one of those free deals that was already done before the season ended.
1: This was done before the season ended, but it was worth money, like big money, 42 yeah. or 50 million, uh 50 million. He's gonna end up being.
0: Yeah. So they did so spend some money was... on this guy. He was linked to Liverpool for a while, I think. Um, Another very rock-solid centre-back. Kind of disappointed he's going to Bayern. Like, it just... It shits me the continuous amount of players in Germany that go to Bayern from other German clubs. It just... I don't know. just cheapens the whole thing for me. I get it. That's football. And players want to go to the club that's going to win because they want to win things. But, you know, fuck. I mean, I it's boring. I kind of it bores it. me.
1: It bores me. Yeah, that's what it is. It it's a consolidation of power, and we don't like that shit. Nah. So, yeah, that's that. Speaking of consolidation of power, uh, PSG's signings. Yeah, well, we made note we wanted to
0: talk about these because um, an unreal bit of business. Uh, just quickly, another one you didn't add there. Hakan uh, Chalanoglu. I don't know if that deal's been confirmed. It's I think it was done on a, while fight, ago, right? a while ago. A while ago. Free or... Oh, I can't remember. Or the Inter pay I a fee. A but he's gone, he's gone to Inter. And um, that's a big loss for Milan is their playmaker. But they can probably find someone better anyway, I think. Interesting.
1: Like big shout.
0: Chalonoglu's Chalunoglu, good. He's not... I don't think his walk-up starter at Inter good, though. So we'll see how that plays out for him. He's obviously not very well-liked in Milan at the moment for it. Well, by the red side, at least. The blue side are pretty yeah. happy. Um, they're you a wait lot for the fans around, to get back in. A lot of talk around interplayers this season. Um, in what respect? What was the other one I wanted to mention? Oh, just in terms of players coming and going. Um, okay. Loc- Locatelli was the other one from Sassuolo, who I don't think it's happened yet, but in talks, it looks like Juventus are probably going to get him. You know, Oh bores me but brilliant whatever I get it <sighs> whatever he's a gun
1: one good to- one good tournament though <laughs>
0: yeah he, Um. well he had a really good season for Sassuolo he's one of those players yeah. kind of uh, he was at Milan for a while very hit and miss he would have a patch of games where he was extraordinary and then a patch of games where it's like this guy is an absolute dud and then he had a pretty solid season with Sassuolo earned the call-up to the national side scored a few goals for them in the Euros and looks like he's going to get his big money moved to Uv.
1: Yeah. There we go. Hopefully it works out for the guy.
0: Yeah. And I guess the last one, which kind of, well, there's two more Milan ones, but they tie into, we wanted to talk about PSG, but Ashraf Hakimi, um, just quickly before we name the players, what what do you make of this business from PSG this year?
1: Uh, they've hit gold basically they've they're finding money in the street is what this is to be able to sign you know champions league winners european um you know continental cup winners champions league experience this and you know to get the bulk of them on for free it's just outstanding business i don't know how they've orchestrated this You know, what is the incentive even these individual players to go to PSG at this time? I'm, You know, I'm still not sure. Beyond money, maybe. How are they complying with financial fair play? Who knows? But to sign, you know, Ramos, Wijnaldum, Donnarumma on free free transfers, that's just outstanding business.
0: Outstanding business. Um, I guess for someone like Ramos, it's a chance to kind of extend his career In a league where he can probably still stand out because PSG are going to be really good and everyone they play against dominate. They dominate the ball against everyone they play against. I know Lille won the season just gone, but you know PSG are likely to bounce back this year and probably win it by twenty points.
1: Probably,
0: it's an easy chance. Yeah, it's an easy chance for Ramos to extend his career, but also still win things at a top level of football. So I can see why he's done that. Donnarumma uh fuck this guy <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly like he only honesty please he's 20 at 22 years of age he's already won the euros with italy he's played 30 odd times for his country something like 250 appearances already for milan's first team like he's been playing first team football for milan since he was 16 he's only 22 He's got a Stupid. huge career still ahead of him. I don't know what. Maybe like, twenty years. I do know why. I know why he's gone PSG because it's just an easy option for players to go to a league where they're likely to win a trophy mm. against probably lesser opposition. Certainly, opposition that does not have anywhere near the funds to compete with what they have. Clearly, and and you're going to get a crack
1: at the Champions League too. You're pretty much you know guaranteed a quarterfinal spot with PSG these days. They don't go the distance clearly, and they're hoping these signings will be the catalyst for that. Does Donnarumma think perhaps he can win a Champions League trophy more at PSG than he can at Milan? And would oh, he be right? He's
0: probably right. Hundred percent, he would, and he would be right. But they weren't. Yeah. They wouldn't have been the only offer on the table. And if this was the case, he could have. You know, he could have done the right thing by Milan and like got a gone, fee, gone for a fee. For a club that's looked after him and his um, the other made, his bro- older him. brother was there for a long time as well. Um, they made him what he is to give something back and to be so selfish when it came to the contract negotiations as well, um, brushing it off. Basically, we talked about this uh, with his agent, Mino Rayola, letting yeah. him take all the brunt of it. And everyone goes, oh, it's his agent. It's his agent. But Donnarumma's got a say in it as well. He kept turning yeah, down offers because it wasn't enough. Um he wanted more money. He wanted a ridiculous amount of money. And he's, he's obviously going to get it at PSG. Yeah, he's got it now. So
1: congratulations. I hope you're fucking happy. Swear <laughs> <Sledger>. job. <laughs> got carried away he's there. He's going to sleep on a bed of riches. Yeah, just triggers me.
0: And that's some of my, uh, my softness for AC Milan coming out there. Because the guy is an absolute freak. He's a superstar. It's just so sad to see a player that you've watched come through as a teenager into his early 20s and bolt already and jump ship and probably won't go back. So he wouldn't, he would not be welcomed back either, judging by possible reactions. Yeah. So yeah, when Ramos, do you want to talk about when at all? I didn't see much of him. It's kind of a bizarre one this season. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's kind of an odd one. He was always, um, I thought he was a reliable player in that midfield three and he's equally adept going forward and going back. He'll probably be used as a utility off the bench. Maybe. Yeah. Um, definitely a good signing. Definitely a good well, squad filler. for I sure. I think so.
0: For sure. I wonder if PSG have a midfielder like this and that's why they've gone for him.
1: Yeah. Potentially. Maybe he's definitely, they need him to plug a gap that they're sorely needing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, like he's a good footballer. I'd probably put him in that category of is he a walk-up starter? There probably not. Probably a squad filler. No, nah. but
1: well, yeah, I don't think he starts for for PSG. I mean, he still definitely comes Mar- off the bench though.
0: They've still got Marco Verratti, obviously getting yeah. on. You know, they've got Verratti starts though. But they've got a, a weird mix of players in this midfield that don't immediately stand out to you as world-class midfielders. Minus, you know, minus. Um, Marco Verratti, but you know players like Julian Draxler in there, uh, Idrissa Gay, Ender Herrera, uh, yeah, Le- uh, Leandro Paredes, just players that are not necessarily—they're in kind of the same category as as Wijnaldum.
1: Yeah, that's probably, what I was
0: thinking. He probably provides an extra dimension with his—he's very much a box-to-box. He can score goals too, attacking yep. threat. Defensive
1: workhorse, just one of those good box-to-box players that coaches love to have. Yeah. It sounds like they have a really good mix of different kind of um, central midfielders that can play those roles because Idrissi yep. Gay is much more of an in command, ball-winning type. Um, P- uh, Paredes is like a flair player, advanced playmaker, et cetera. So they're probably just covering their bases, I'd say. Yeah. So the other one
0: is uh, they also signed... Uh, defensive midfielder Danilo Pereira from Porto, mm-hmm. 16 million. I don't know if I think he may have been at PSG this season anyway. Okay. On loan, yep. Another loan, deal. On loan, and now it's been made permanent. Um, so they've got him. And the big one, obviously, the 60 million spent on Ashraf Hakimi.
1: Yeah. This is the big money move. Yep. This is the this, this is the sponsorship money. This the shirt sales this is everything. This is the new face of PSG for the years to come, probably. Yeah,
0: this is a guy. It completes um, the
1: threesome. Hey, because now it's Mbappe, Neymar, Hakimi.
0: Yeah, uh, well, Hakimi also is just twenty-two. I think this guy has honestly flown under the radar. I know he gets he gets praise, but not in the sense. I I just think he probably should get more. He's probably not as well known as he should be. Like this yeah. guy, absolutely, he was at Real Madrid, loaned out to Borussia Dortmund for a couple of seasons. Was excellent. Okay. Ended up ended up playing as a, a right back, a left back, right fullback, <laughs> left fullback, right winger, <laughs> left winger, anywhere up and down the wing because his work rate is unreal. Um, he ended up. Dortmund wanted to make it permanent. He said, no, he wanted to, he wanted to make it at Real Madrid, but Real Madrid wanted to persist with, uh, they still had Carvajal and they still want to uh, persist with that. Audrey Sola, I believe. And uh, so he went back to Real Madrid, but then just ended up going to Inter permanently and now to PSG permanently. But I had him alongside, probably just behind Nico Barella for Inter this year as the best, two best best players players in Serie A. Yeah. like big rap. Barella was probably the best player of Syria. between Barella, Hakimi, and Lukaku. They were Inter's three big guys this season. And Hakimi, at 22, with his speed, his ability to find the net, and his just general work rate, I think that's an incredible signing for them. Huge, especially you considering it, you think
1: it's a steal at 60 mil, don't you?
0: Uh, 60 mil, I probably think it is a steal. Yeah, well, 60 million—that's oh, yeah. euros, though. So I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've never been very good at judging the market and like player worth and all that sort of stuff i'd tend to not really take much notice of it but um
1: well let's just say that jack jack Grealish is valued at 100 million pounds so that's even more euros do you think oh, hakimi at 60 is a bit of a steal
0: abs- compared to that absolutely i would be taking if they were both the same price i'd still be taking hakimi and even if they were the same age, I'd still be taking Hakimi for ability. He is—he's is a brilliant footballer. Um, and to consider, he's coming into this PSG side and replacing a somewhat mediocre fullback in Florenzi, mm-hmm. who goes back to Roma. But um, yeah, that squad just looks scary at the moment. So to pick up to pick up Hakimi for sixty Pereira for sixteen—that's they've essentially spent seventy-six million euros and got. Five players with Ronaldo, Ramos and Donnarumma coming for free. So maybe get your money on for the Champions
1: League. Maybe they'll get closer. Is this the season? They, do they do it? I don't think so. Uh, Did they make the final? Probably not. <laughs> do they win say, the French League? Yes. Yes, they do win. League. Uh.
0: I think they storm home this year and absolutely blitz everyone after the disaster of last season.
1: Yeah, they're embarrassed. They have to rectify yeah. that wrong. That definitely. 20 points.
0: A bit of growing up from Mbappe and co, and
1: they'll be fine. Yep. Potch is still at the wheel, isn't he?
0: Potch is at the wheel, and he's absolutely delighted with these signings. I can tell you that.
1: Uh, anything else you want to talk about? No, I was just thinking he must be thrilled to be out of Spurs and actually having like money <laughs> being spent and new and yeah. new quality coming through the door. <laughs> Yeah, um, I just wanted to throw some speculative transfers at you, just see if you think these are going to happen. Uh, if they did happen, would it be a good thing? The first one is Jaden Sancho. Is this done? Is this actually happening? Is he going to Man United for ninety odd million?
0: Well, the reports in England say he is. The reports in Germany say he's staying at Dortmund again.
1: That's what so, I thought.
0: There's a, it's gone quiet again. Who knows? This just keeps going in circles. <clears throat> This is a saga for sure. If it goes on any longer, he leaves for free. So, or is this contract he become already, a Donnarumma job? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Twelve months. Yeah. He's got twelve months. Okay, so yeah, so it's either now or he goes for free. Um, Dorman, the sort of club that you know would rather keep him for a year and let him go for free and have another crack at winning the league with
1: him. So, True. yeah, that's a good idea. I, I, I'm in that camp. I would much prefer my team do something like that than maybe cash in, especially if it's a side like Dortmund that has finance. Like they're okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sure.
0: Anything else?
1: Uh, Paul Pogba, linked with Juve, Real Madrid, PSG, seventy million euros. <laughs> do you think he does he leave Man United, or is this is this bullshit?
0: Reckon he stays another year. How long has yes. he got left?
1: Uh, I think it's two years. Yeah, uh,
0: this the, is another one that was
1: available free in a year.
0: Oh, it might be one year. It's one year. There's another one that would surprise me if he just ends up leaving for free. So
1: it's ha- it's just it's such a facet of the modern game now. Players running their deals down if they don't get exactly what they want, and they'll just walk. Like it's kind of yep. empowering in a way. They'll, but
0: they just wait it out and let the options come to them.
1: Yeah, you know, Paul pop, and-
0: pops up for free. No one's going to not take him.
1: No, exactly. And you can get more money as a player if the club doesn't have to spend a transfer fee on you yeah, because they're immediately more inclined to give you more money. 100%. Uh, Jack Grealish, 100 million euros linked with every single team you can possibly imagine. Stays at Villa. No way. Stays at Villa, you reckon? Stays at Villa. Based on what? His desire to play for Villa or no one paying the money?
0: No, no way. based based on his desire to play for Villa, I think
1: I reckon he stays. I don't know. How old is he now?
0: 25.
1: 25. Absolute peak. We're coming into his peak.
0: I would not be surprised if
1: he stays another year. I've just read that he did sign a new 5-year deal last season, so probably on the cards that he hangs around for another season, yeah. Captaincy, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Mhm. Yeah, um, Erling Haaland. What is going to happen with your boy Erling? Stays at Dortmund, obviously.
0: They qualify for the Champions League. I've said this all along. If they qualify for the Champions League, he's a hundred percent staying. He stays. Yeah, true. So, if all this unravels, and I get these all wrong, people can come and stitch me up. But La- yeah.
1: laugh in your face. Yeah, laugh. I read that. Um, I read. <laughs> I read that Haaland has agreed personal terms with Chelsea. And it's just a matter of the club's agreeing, so. Sure, whatever. Dortmund won't agree. (laughs) Dortmund won't agree. No. So it's as simple as that. No, why would they?
0: No. They've already, yeah, they've already talked about that. They have no intention of letting him go. So that'd be another one. If he wants to go, they'll have to wait for the contract or the fee would have to be absolutely ridiculous for a player of his age and his quality.
1: Yeah. He's got a 75 million uh, euro release clause that can be activated next season. So next in all season. likelihood, yeah. he stays. Yeah.
0: He stays. 100% he stays.
1: Yeah. Uh, the last one I have for you is
0: Harry Kane. Harry Kane.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Man City really, really going hard for him. But Man U also in, uh, interested.
0: I feel like he does go to City. But I would not be surprised if this is just another one that fizzles out and he ends up staying at Tottenham.
1: Oh, the pain on his face when he lost another trophy. Surely he cannot spend another season without winning something.
0: Well, yeah, sure thought about that before he went to Spurs. <laughs>
1: are you holding a grudge, are you?
0: <laughs> nah, well, you know, he's, he's I don't think he's a very likable guy. He's a very good footballer. And I think uh, the one, uh, he's more likely to go to City, I think, as the Aguero replacement. And I think he would bang in a
1: stupid amount of goals for them too. He would. He would definitely have a 30-goal season uh, without breaking a sweat, I would think. Yeah. And it would be devastating. It would probably shoot City to their first Champions League. And, oh, you know, maybe they huge. could get a quadruple with Harry Kane.
0: Oh. Huge. Couldn't get it with Aguero, but he do it with... Uh... With cane, the hurricane With a, up front, the hurricane <laughs> I
1: like that. Oh, that's a, I leave it there. We're, uh, that's a good pun. We're that's a good pun. It made me think. I wanted to. I wanted to do a Lockie Wales pun and have it lock down. And I was, um, uh, and then I realized that's just cabin fever. Yeah,
0: doesn't work so well, uh, like audio-wise either. It's really got to be no, down. You know. Yeah, you're going to be able to see that. It's a visual one, that one. Yeah, nah, good try though. Yeah, kudos for trying.
1: It seems you've lost your ball. Here you
0: go. Um, I don't know if we have anything else. That's pretty much it, isn't it? We were going to talk a bit about- Yeah, that'll do it. We were going to talk a bit about COVID stuff and uh, things like that, but we've probably run out of time. We've gone over a bit. I'm sure we're going to have plenty of other weeks. Oh, we can touch on it if you want. I was just going to talk about, like, I can't remember if we mentioned it last week and spoke about it, but, like, obviously we've got this situation in Adelaide right now where we've been locked down. We're still having issues with, like, crowd sizes and things. And we're just the, – the variety and kind of hypocrisy of events across the place is just so strange to me. Like, they had 90,000 people at Wembley for the final. And the UK are getting like three hundred thousand. Uh, sorry, what was it like thirty thousand cases a day? Not three hundred thousand. Yeah. <laughs> thirty thousand cases a day. That would be catastrophic. Um, and then you look at like they had the Formula One on the weekend, and there was like three hundred <clears> thousand people there over the weekend. There has to be cases floating around there, but I don't. I don't know what their vaccine thing's been like. Um, but this does all relate to football because you know we've got we've got issues in Scotland now where like they've had, it's there's been big crowds at like Euro games and stuff, but then Celtic and Rangers being told they can only have 6,000 fans in their, in their 50 K plus stadiums. And then you look at what, like just what's happening here as well. Um, Cities going into lockdown and stuff, but we just so quickly got back to having crowds at sporting events and crowds at the football. And now sadly local football has been stopped in Adelaide, which is a, big killer for me
1: that's that's the worst of all of this is that you know we continue to hold these big corporatized events because that's what major sport is it's big business that's mainly and then it it trickles down and it affects communities and it affects people's you know their their social interaction and their enjoyment because the the Colton game a couple weeks ago um that was a in the MCC there was some cases transmitted there and that was one of the instigators for this whole bloody thing, yeah. And you know there was a similar thing in New South Wales at the NRL. And you're like, well, this is what? Where, yeah. where are where are we with this? Because we're so quick to shut down music festivals or you know events, hospitality. We're so yeah. quick to shut these things down, and then we allow some other you know events to carry on, and you know the inevitable consequences then break out, and it affects everyone again. Yeah, no matter what. It's just.
0: Um... You know, obviously, I'm not complaining. Obviously, the right thing to do this week was to cancel local sport, but um, it's just baffling to me the, yeah, the inconsistencies with some of the things. I don't quite get it. I'm not a health expert, obviously. I don't know. Uh, It's just baffling to people and it confuses people and that kind of just adds to frustration.
1: They're saying it's probably going to be a bad idea in the UK. One, because the the nation is... Mo- you know majority of the nation now is vaccinated, uh, but not all of the nation which well, is that's important. what had
0: me wondering about vaccinations in the u k because I was looking at their you know they're still limiting very limited crowds at certain things, but packing out Wembley with 90k and whacking out yeah. uh, packing out the Formula One with three hundred thousand you have to think with three hundred thousand people there there was at least a few cases getting around wasn't there there had God, to be I don't there but, had to I be. mean like, the-
1: <clears throat> The fortunate thing about COVID we've seen is that the outdoor transmission um, isn't as contagious as indoor transmission, which is nice. Um, The Delta variant is kind of throwing different aspects up. And the the whole thing with the UK opening up this quick, it's one, it's an ideological show of power. It's like, hey, the UK is ready for business. We're ready to go, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But more so when you talk about the health aspect of it, when you do this sort of thing, you can actually create new vaccine restris- uh vaccine resistant strains of the disease because you've yep. got these two disparate immune systems, you know, c- cooperating in this, in the same environment and stuff. So it could just be a recipe for disaster opening up too soon.
0: Yeah, Obviously, well, our situation
1: knows? here, our situation here is fucked because none of us are vaccinated and we're still copying the same imported infections. So yeah. It's a real uh, stand and wait and see what happens type
0: vibe. But, you know, if we speak selfishly from a local football point of view, we hope it can get back up and running pretty soon. Um, we how might many games are left,
1: by the way? Oh, it's just, just quick, how many games We've left? only
0: just started. We've just played, like, the second round of the second half, if you know what I mean. Like, we've played yeah. everyone once, and now we've played... away way fixtures. Uh, we've played two teams twice. So we've yep. still got... What is it? uh seven games to go, seven rounds left out of the 18.
1: So I wonder. We've I got, wonder our, club, our club's
0: got all three sides sitting top, so, not all three, but our, like our AB and C grade sides are all top of the league, so, yeah, we might leave it there, we've gone on for pretty long, I think, in this one, but there you go, if you're still with oh, us. Oh, yeah,
1: we're going to have to chop health, this up. <laughs>
0: a bit of health, health chat at the end, a bit of, a bit of COVID chat, a bit of Ollie Roos, a bit of Matildas, a bit of transfers, a bit of everything, a bit of, Whinging about winning football games.
1: Yeah. But yeah. Oh, we're the worst, aren't we? <laughs> we fucking suck. We can't even fucking enjoy a win. What is wrong no. with us? We're just too cynical. All right. We're too bitter. Leave it there. Ciao. Love the early ruse. See you, mate.